in today's show. We're looking back at Sunday. There were 13 games on for some reason. We're going to talk about those games. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am going straight to DVD. I am also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's pricepicks.com and the promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There's no real major news I need to talk about that doesn't involve anything that's going on in these games. So we're going to get straight into what's happened in the waiver wire, but more importantly, we're just going to get into these 13 games that we're on. So let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Over the last 48 hours, these are the most common waiver moves that have happened. The most added players, a lot of it is for the back-to-back for the Mavericks. Timmy Hardaway up 31%. Jaden Hardy up 20%. Okay. Reggie Bullock up 9%. Maxi Kleber up 8%. I think we look at basically most of what we do at this point of the year is schedule streaming. A reminder, there is no games tomorrow. Monday, zero games, and then back to 13 on Tuesday. So your next real opportunity to stream someone is going to be on Wednesday. Quentin Grimes up 13%. He does seem to be the biggest beneficiary with the absence of Julius Randle. Dan Gafford up 12%. I do believe he should be on a roster with the uh, illness to Porzingis, but also just the other injuries to Kuzma. Gabe Vincent up 10. That was mainly for Saturday, I'm guessing there. And then Hartenstein up 8%. Another guy who's been playing really well. I don't really think it's anything to do with the absence of Randle. They're just... They're just playing him um, ahead of Mitchell Robinson. And I, I don't, you know, it's not that he's taking Randall's minutes or that he's taking Randall's position. He's just playing over Mitchell Robinson. But because those two things are happening at a pretty similar time, I think a lot of people are thinking that it's because Randall's out. And I don't really think it is. If you look at the most dropped players, it's all Celtics, basically, because they were done on Friday. They don't play again until Tuesday. And if your finals finished today, you didn't need to have them. So White, Smart, Horford, Rod Williams, Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon, the most dropped players. Good. That's what they should have done. Josh Richardson was dropped because he was a quality game ad for last week. He wasn't very good in those games, but he got some volume in. He does not need to be held. And then Devin Vassell has been dropped in 8% of leagues as well. And I totally understand that. The ins and outs, well, mainly outs. It's just you can't rely upon him or Calden or Sohan. I don't really think we need to hold those players. Colin's a little bit different, but I still think he's going to be in or out. We've got a little bit more data on some of the fake injuries for um, a few teams today. Fake, 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 fake. So we'll um, we'll go through those as we go through those games. That just brings us, because the 13 of them, we've got to talk about them. Let's go first one. It is the Toronto Raptors and the Charlotte Hornets. The Raptors get the win. They needed to get that win. 128-108, the final score. Still no Gary Trent or Will Barton. And then late in this game, the Jedi, OG Ananobi, he, um, he went to the locker room. But what about Scarf? OG, Blizzard stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. We hope he's all right because he had 23 and 7 with five triples on 69% shooting. 
Giggity. Um, but there's really not huge amounts to take out of this from the Raptors. You know, Siakam was great, 36-7-7. Van Vliet just drops 20 assists on you. 20 points, 20 assists, 3 steals. You don't get many 20-20 games with assists, but Freddie dropped that for you. Pirtle had 16-9 and nine with 4 blocks. Big, big game from him. While Barnsley was really good last game, and then 12-3-3 you know, three and three doesn't really cut. It's not bad, but it's not, not that it doesn't cut. It's just not as good as last game. 2 steals and a block for him. Boucher would be the one to watch if Ananobi is out. I would imagine he pushes into the 20-plus minute zone. Jeff Doughton's getting minutes with Trent and Barton out, but that doesn't really apply to many leagues. And then Coloco played 16 minutes here and had a block. But relying upon Coloco, Achua, and Boucher while those five starters are healthy is pretty pretty tough to do. But if OG is out, I think not that Boucher would necessarily start. He might, but he would be an interesting option, I think, for the Hornets. Not a shock to me that they ruled PJ Washington out after suffering a foot sprain last game. They, of course, as they do, they listed both him and Kelly Oubre questionable before the game. They will continue to do that rest of season, and I will continue to suggest that they're not going to play. I think Oubre is done. I think Haywood is done. I think Rogier is done. I think Washington is done. I'm not sure about Dennis Smith, who's missed the last couple, and he was out in this one as well. And then we got the word from the Hornets, like last week, they were going to run this interesting rotation. We play the two centers and rotate them on. You know, Mark Williams plays two and sits. Nick Richards plays two and sits. Kai Jones plays two and sit, sits. But of course, Kai Jones has now played in four consecutive games, so I don't know what to make of that. We saw that Nick Richards was, in fact, out of this game, even though he played like 12 minutes last game. And Jones, in his fourth consecutive game, played 32 minutes. I thought that they might abandon the two-center thing, considering their starting power forward was gone, and Kai Jones is probably needed there, but no. They just pumped 32 minutes into Kai Jones. He had 10 and 5 with a steal and three blocks, which honestly is a really, really good game. But I couldn't tell you if he's going to play backup center next game, backup power forward, no minutes at all. Is the next game one that Mark Williams sits and they go with Nick Richards starting, playing 30 minutes, and Jones getting all the backup four and five minutes? That's probably what they do, which honestly puts Jones in a position to have value. We also saw the Salt Lake Theo Maladon play 41 minutes, 8-8 eight, eight, and 14 assists with a block. Now, we shot 25%. He's a bad shooter. But as long as Dennis Smith is out, and we don't know if he is or not, Maladon's an option. I think Svee's a great option regardless. 26 points for Mihailuk, five triples, five assists, and two steals. That's a string of good games for him. And that's back-to-back good names for James Booknight as well. 21 points in 25 minutes, five triples. I don't want to buy that he is a 64% shooter because he isn't. But he's getting more opportunities. and He's at least on the radar in deeper leagues. Let's wait and see if we get any information on Mark Williams. But he had 15 and 12 in his 27 minutes. Um... But yeah, there is a chance that he doesn't play next game. And the guy that started for uh, PJ Washington was the guy to hammers, JT Thor. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Didn't do much. Eight and two with no other numbers. He's probably a deeper league stream, but I, I do believe, and I, I don't know this, but I do believe that these guys, Ubre, Rogier, Washington, Haywood, are going to be out for the rest of the season. And that is going to give opportunities to guys like the God of Hammers to step in there and have some pretty solid games. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, and it's one that you're going to love trying because you don't have to worry about going up against thousands of people with spreadsheets and algorithms and programs. It's just you versus player projections. That's it. So you might see Kai Jones have a points number set at nine and a half, and you go, I've got an inkling he's going to play back up four and five. Let's go more than that. Or you might see JT Thor with a block number at 0.5, and you go, well, he's going to start. Let's go higher. And you get between two to six of those, and you can win up to 25 times your entry feedback. It's so easy. You can do it in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states. You can do it throughout the majority of Canada as well. And it's not just the NBA. Do it for the NHL, Major League Baseball. 
You can probably sneak one in for the NCAA uh, final championship game tomorrow. But there's European basketball, cricket, NASCAR, PGA, MMA, boxing, and of course, disc golf. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Game two. Wow. Um... Yeah, that uh, that's that stinks for Minnesota. That stinks. How do you, how do you lose to the Portland Trailblazers? That'd be my question. Shout out to James Droz, of course. Um, yeah, how do you lose to the Blazers? One hundred seven, one hundred five. Portland wins it. They've been losing by fifty. They're, try, they're sitting everybody, and you as a team that thinks they're serious loses. Wow, shocking. Um, on the Blazers side of things, there is actionable stuff here. Obviously, we're rostering Shaden Sharp, 27, 6, and 6 in 35 minutes. We're rostering Drew Eubanks as well, 12 and 5, 2 steals and 3 blocks. We've got to consider rostering Skylar Mays, LSU legend, 13, 3, and 9. He started two games in a row, 30 plus minutes. Go for it. Interestingly, they are starting Trenton Watford, but they're not playing him. He did score 15 points, but he played only 19 minutes. 15, 3, and 2. And that's two games back from his ankle injury where he's played low minutes. Now, we know that Grant, Lillard, Nurkic, Simons aren't coming back. Keon Johnson's done. Justice Winslow's done. I also don't think that Cam Reddish is going to play with a back problem. And I'm not sure about Nasir Little with his ankle. So you do have quite a few minutes available here. But the guys getting it are like Kevin Knox, who had 19 and 4 with three steals. I don't think Knox is as much of an ad as May Sharp or Eubanks. But he's getting some minutes. Deeper leagues will want to look at goat name legend Jonathan Williams Jr., um, and then Thibault, again, this guy can do nothing else apart from get steals. He got three of them, but two points and four rebounds. One of those players that it doesn't matter who is out, you're getting nothing extra, you're getting steals. That is it. Shaq Harrison also got steals, three of them with six assists. He is a 12-team stream option, if not like a deeper league type of ad guy, because he can put up big numbers even in reserve minutes, as we saw here. He played only 18 minutes and had six assists and three steals with four rebounds. It's a pretty bloody good line. This Wolves team was stinking, though. Carl Towns played 25 minutes. He did have foul trouble. He had eight points, though, and took three shots. That's just unacceptable. He went also five of eight from the line. Eight, nine, and three is horrible. Gobert, 10 and 15. Neither Towns or um, Gobert registered a block or a steal. Maybe they really do need the Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed. With Reed out, Anderson's going to play big minutes. His layup at the end of this game was laughable. I don't know what he was doing, but 13-8-7 with a block. He remains a 12-team guy. Or Jaden McDaniels brought the defense, two steals and four blocks, but only 10 points. And Edwards, who'd been struggling a bit, took 30 shots on a 43 usage. 30 shots for him, three for Towns. Wow. 37-5-6 for, um, for Goose. Gobert had 10 and 15, Conley 11, 4, and 6. But like, I don't think there's much actionable here, except we feel more secure in the value of Kyle Anderson's role, and we feel less secure in the future of the Minnesota Timberwolves, who had been playing really well up until this one. The Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets get a hard-fought victory, 111, 110. The Jazz, for some reason, they brought Lowry Markkinen back and played him 35 minutes. So now he's like sat two games, played one game, sat two games, played one game. Hmm. Is that what they're going to do? There's four games left. Does he play one more game this week? I honestly don't know because I don't... Like, that That pattern's very strange. It wasn't like, well, he got better and now he's back because he got better in the middle of that and played 
and then was out again for two games and then came back. It feels shenanigany. So I'm thinking that he probably sits next game. We keep rolling Horton Tucker. He is putting up big numbers, 32, 4, and 8 for him. Chris Dunn, 13 points, a triple one, three assists. He's a 12-team league guy. And Olympic played 33 minutes, 7, 15, and 5. I don't know that he continues to go the rest of the season, but Walker Kessler suffered a head injury. I worry that if it is a concussion, he's done. That's the end of his season. And that would mean Olenek probably gets a little bit more value. And you also, amazingly, will have to pay attention to Yudoka as a BUK. He is not an NBA-level player, but he's probably going to start. And then there is Damian Jones as his backup. Now, as a BUK, had four point, uh, sorry, four rebounds in 14 minutes. Nothing else. But he can very much be a Biombo 10-10, three blocks player on 80% shooting, which can be useful enough. So we've got to watch that Kessler situation. Abaji had 19 points in his 29 minutes with two threes, but again, he remains extraordinarily empty for fantasy. You don't see anything else really in those counting stats. It does help him when Markinen's not there, um, which I do expect to happen in these coming games, but there's a lot of confusion. Clarkson's done, Sexton's done. Forget them. They're finished for the season, in my opinion. Markinen, I think it's going to be wishy-washy, back and forward sort of stuff. For the Nets, um, Dinwiddie, 17-4-12, strong game there. Well, Bridges brought another 30-point game. 39 minutes, but it took 36% or 25 attempts, 36% shooting. That's some of my worry with what he brings next season. Is he going to be afforded 36 usage, number one? Is he going to be on this team, number two? And B, can he keep up really high efficiency with this usage and keep up defensive stats? Well, he brought three steals here. 37 and two with three steals is a great game. But you just worry a little bit about that field goal. He also got to the line 13 times, hit 11 of them. That's excellent. This is a bloke who averaged, I think, 2.7 free throw attempts last season. And he's dropping in seven, eights, nines regularly. Cam Johnson, 18-6, and six, pretty strong game there. Well, Finney Smith stepped up on their last game, which was Friday, and did nothing here. Eight points with two blocks, and Royce O'Neal only the 19 minutes. He did have some foul trouble, so that's likely why he was reduced. Well, Cam Thomas, just the nine minutes for him. Claxo had 14-7 and seven with a couple of steals as well. Not a huge amount to really take out of that game, I don't think, from the Nets' perspective anyway. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Chicago Bulls. I don't know how the Bulls came back. Well, I do know that the Grizzlies just turned it over a million times. But the Bulls win this by 21. Jaron had 31 and 8 with five triples. You'd be shocked to know he had five fouls also. Ja Morant, 17, 10, and 10. Would you say Ja Morant's fantasy season has been a success or a disappointment? I'd say probably a disappointment. He's outside the top 50 for the season. Some people were drafting him end of first, start of second. Now, in points leagues, that makes sense. But people were doing it in category leagues as well. It's always really important when you go into drafts and you see lists of people that you understand what the lists are based on. And Jars nearly always tends to be based on points leagues and then you overdraft him in category leagues. Desi Bain had 21-5-4. Pretty solid game. While Brooksy, 14-4-4 for Dylan Brooks. The It wasn't a great game from Xavier T. Illman, but he played 30 minutes, and that's the important thing. Six and eight with a, an assist. So I think we hold on there. While you can drop Tyus Jones, who played just the 17 minutes. Get that garbage out of here! With everyone healthy and playing, Jones doesn't have that role. For the Bulls, they were good. Levine was great. 36, three, and nine for the skater boy. Really low usage for Vooch. 13 and 10 on 15% usage is pretty bad, but you know, good double-double. And DeRozan had 31, 5, and 7. But the guy I'm very interested in on this team is Kobe White. He's playing well. He continues to play well. He's now inside the top 100 over the last week. He had 19, 6, and 4 with two threes. And he's clearly the best option out of him and Caruso and Beverly and Desumu. He's probably worth a 12-team look. Caruso, much like um, Thibault, you get defense. Three steals, two blocks, that's it. 
Beverly's not even bringing that. 2-2-3, two, two, and three, so we can jack him off. And Desumu's playing 18 minutes as the, the fewest minutes out of everybody of that group. It was a solid enough Patrick Williams game. Two, 12 points, two threes, three blocks. That's really good. But we just know that he's an emergency. Hey, maybe this guy can get me some blocks sort of a player versus a guy that we just have to hold on to in all circumstances. That wouldn't make uh, a ton of sense to me to do that. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know that. When you go to the gym, you want protein because that's important. But sometimes those protein bars, they taste disgusting. We know this as well. They taste like you got it. Well, it tastes like medicine. Like, oh, all right, I've got to get through it. Got to get through it because I've got to get my protein in. Well, what if I told you the Bilt Bar tastes bloody good? It tastes like a candy bar and it's low in calories. It's high in protein, like 17 grams in a bar, 130 calories, low in fat, low in sugar. It tastes like you're having a sneaky treat, but you're actually having some sneaky protein. What a great way to get those macros in. So go to built.com, find your favorite flavor. I recommend cookies and cream is the best, but all of them are goaded. So you can go grab all of those different flavors. You can go to Walmart also and see some on the shelf, even in Sam's Club. Built Bar is there. So get the Built Bar difference. Get the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Get the protein bar that is built different. Let's look at the Washington Wizards against the New York Knicks. 118, New York, 109, Washington. No Porzingis, no Beal, no Kuzma, no Morris. Beal and Kuzma are done. Morris, debatable. Porzingis was well, an illness. I think he might be done, but I, I'm, I wouldn't drop him. The others are... You know, Morris is fine um, to drop if you wanted to. And Beal and Kuzma, I think, are done. Oh, I don't know that, but I think they're done. Um, Corey Kispert, stepping it up with scoring and usage. 29 points with four threes. Now, there's nothing else. Three rebounds and zeros all across the board. But he's getting usage and, and points and threes, and that's useful for us. Avdia, 9-3-5, three, three steals and a block, a must roster, as is Delon, 8-5-7 and seven with four steals. And Gafford as well, only 4-7, and seven, but had two blocks and shot 100%. We've got a good game out of Geordie Goodwin in this one, 11-7-6, but I don't think I'd really trust that. And the guy to watch, and I've been saying this for a little bit of time, because they're going to say, man, we aren't that dumb that this guy can't play in the NBA picking him at number 10, so let's see what happens. It's uh, John Davis, 30 minutes as a starter. Interesting, they started him. 16 and 6, 3 assists, 2 triples. Now, the line would have been fine if he didn't go 2 or 4 from the line. But otherwise, that's all right. That is worth putting onto your streaming board. It's worth considering. I'm not sure that he's a must-roster player, but it is pushing up. And it's pushing up into a situation where we can consider him an option for us. Like pro As much as I think Goodwin's a better player, I think we'll get more out of Davis because we'll just get more force-fed towards him. And that's going to make him useful. For the Knicks... Josh Hart had to leave this one, but he was fine. So just don't be worried there. Two, six, and three for him. There was, of course, uh, no Julius Randle. Hartenstein had nine and eight with two steals and a block in 22 minutes, but Robinson played 26. So when I was talking earlier about Hartenstein being, uh, Hartenstein being added in lots of spots, um, it wasn't a Randle thing. It's just a choice between Robinson and Hartenstein. Now, they both can be useful. Robinson, eight, 11, two steals and a block. Well, Hartenstein, nine, nine eight, two steals and a block. Good numbers for both. Brunson, 27-3-8 with three steals. The Knicks, I think, are pretty locked into their seating. And that could mean that guys who are dealing with some injury issues, like Brunson, might sit. So that's just something to watch. Just watch that one. Obi Toppin, 33 minutes. Now, he hadn't been getting those minutes in the, the two games prior with Randall out. 21 points, two steals, a block with three threes. Try again. Yeah, no, that's right. 20, 21, two steals, uh, a block, and three threes. That's a really good game. I wouldn't prioritize him. Like Quentin Grimes continued to do his things. 41 minutes. 27 points, 6 triples, 5 assists. I didn't see this coming from Grimes at all. I didn't think they just leaned so heavily into this. But the other thing we have to remember here is that Rowan Barrett was out. So that enabled more from Toppin because when Barrett played, they just give Barrett minutes at power forward. So 
while it's fine to look at Grimes, it's fine to look at Quickly, who started for um, Barrett. He had 22, 6, and 5 with three steals. The top and one, I think, is likely because Barrett was out and not because Randall was out. Randall has an impact on it, but I think the extra minutes came because Barrett was out. So if you are going to make an ad, just that's probably that's probably what I think happened there. The next game we take a look at, the Detroit Pistons. They lose to your Orlando Magic. 128-102, apologies to Pistons fans. You've got to watch whatever this is this team's dishing up and has dished up for three years with a front office and coaching staff that has no vision whatsoever. Killian Hayes, 20 points with seven assists. I do think he's a 12-team league guy, while James Wiseman continues to start ahead of Jalen Duran. Marvin Bagley IV had 12-10 and 10 in his 23 minutes, while Duran had 7-7 seven and seven in 22 minutes. The fact that they played 22 minutes each, while Bagley played only nine due to an injury, is insane coaching. I don't know. Well, it's, it's Dwayne Casey. It's all insane. The, this Duran thing, and you know, they're just trying to see what Wiseman's got. I'll tell you what he's got. Nothing as good as what Duran's got. You don't want to see what Duran can give you? The 19-year-old player who's better than the guy that you put in ahead of him? You don't worry about team morale or connections with Ivy? No, you don't worry about any of that stuff? That's good. Um, it's really hard to consider Wiseman or Duran a 12-team must, given the way that they're botching this. Ivy had 14-3-6 in 31 minutes. Not a bad game from him. He is getting by as a solid 12-team league guy, but the shooting's always going to be a problem. 29% stinks. While Isaiah Livers had 10-6, that's not bad. We don't get too excited there. With Bagley out, and Bagley was dealing with a neck issue, he played only nine minutes. I don't know whether he plays the rest of this week. They started Eugene Omarui. He had 19 in 28 minutes. It's probably a deeper league one, but he took 17 shots. You might suggest that Eugene Omarui taking 17 shots is probably a few too many when Duran and Hayes and Ivy and Livers are all on the team. Or even RJ Hampton. You probably don't want to give those minutes to Omarui, but there you go. All shots, but here we are with Eugene doing that and obliterating field goals. I, I, I would have doubt that Bagley plays. Again, why push it? But who knows? Who knows what they do on this team? Nothing ha- that happens here makes sense. Corey Joseph continues to be somewhat productive, 8-2-5 in 21 minutes. That's okay, but I don't think it's anything that we need to get um, yeah, massively excited about. But as a, as a streaming sort of a situation... Um, yeah, fine. Um, the magic. Sugsy, 26 minutes. 18, 2 and 2. Four steals, a block, four triples. It's an amazingly good game. But we know what Jalen Suggs is like. He's probably going to score two points on seven, seven shots next game. If we got this every game, then obviously that's awesome. But the consistency in shooting just isn't there. We had Franz Wagner going 16, 5 and 8 with three steals. We had a pretty bad game from Paolo going, what do you go? Four of 11 from the line sinks you, it kills you. 14, 9, and 3, and 44 from the line. His efficiency has been a significant problem. I'm very interested to see where he goes in fantasy drafts next season. While Markel Fultz played 24 minutes, 11, 2, and 6 with two blocks, and Cole Anthony, another strong performance. He continues to be very, very good uh, down the stretch of this season. We only got 23 minutes for Wendell Carter. He had still had a good game, though. 14 and 9, three threes, three steals, and a block. And they played a little bit of Mo Wagner and Goga Badadze together. Both of these guys played 18 minutes, and both of them were productive. So they both at least move on to the streaming list, probably more suited for deeper leagues. Um, but this was just a shit show game with... Um, uh, yeah, shit show game. Basically, that, that's all I can say. Um, speaking of how do you lose, um, yeah, the Spurs beat the Kings 142-134. No Calden, no Vassell, no Sohan. I think we're going to have that be a problem all, all through the rest of this week. Trey Jones continues to play and play well. I didn't expect that. 17, 10, and 11. And then we just get like, remember I told you there's going to be a game where I've got to talk about Julian Champagne? Yeah, here we go. 28 minutes, 26 and 6 with four triples. 
on 64% shooting. This team just shot the lights out, 53% from the field overall. That's just an amazing number. And what about... Uh, who, yeah, I, some of this stuff that happens in these games, like, you can't put Dominic Barlow. What the hell? 12, 10, and 5, 30 minutes, a steal and two blocks. So it wasn't Mama Kilishvili, he was Barlow. Jesus Christ, another name to throw into the streaming mix. Doug McDermott didn't play last game at all, but had 30 points in 28 minutes. Yeah, cool. Could have predicted that. Absolutely not. 16-6 and six for Zach Collins. He played only 23 minutes. Bates Diop continues to be solid, but not spectacular. 13-5, and five, and Branham had 15-2-5 and five in 31 minutes. Graham started, but played almost the fewest minutes on the team. And Langford played eight minutes. Nothing makes any sense on this team, prediction-wise. Jones feels somewhat reliable. Collins is marginally reliable. Bates Diop is reliably good enough for 14s. But that's it. Can't even rely upon Mamu getting 20 minutes now. Because Dom Barlow's jumping in and grabbing 12, 10, and 5 with two blocks. So trying to pick what's going to happen with the Spurs and trying to pick whether Calden or Vassell or Sohan are going to play every night, impossible. I couldn't tell you if they're going to play. I would say they miss. I think Sohan's done. The other two probably play one game next week. But I, I don't know. For the Kings... Just a bad game. Sabonis, 26-8-6 with a triple one. Bad from the line, great from the field. Keegan Murray, strong. 18-4 in 35 minutes. Well, they keep playing Alex Len. He's playing pretty well. 6-7 and seven with two blocks. That's actually a good fantasy line. That's something you need to look at in deeper leagues because he is getting minutes at the moment over Chemezi Metu. Barnsley had 15-4 and four with two steals. In fact, I probably should do it correctly. The pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnsley. And that's just mediocre. While Fanta Pants had 13, 4, and 3, Kevin Herter in 36 minutes. Malik Monk was a scratch. Nine minutes into the game, we got the announcement. Oh, by the way, Malik's not playing. I went, ah, oh, fair enough. And then I looked to say, okay, he's, he will not return. Bro, he didn't even enter the game. They said he got some soreness in warm-ups. Could have told us, maybe a little bit before that. But he didn't play. Um, he's not reliable enough anyway. Look, in terms of consistency of minutes, usage, production, you can't really rely upon him. Jaron Fox had 28, 4, and 4. But a bit of a rough night in terms of no defense, no threes, and poor field goal percentage. While with Monk out, Terrence Davis had 15 in 17 minutes, but not really anything sort of reliable uh, with him and his production whatsoever. The Mavericks, what a, cra- what, a, what a crazy game. The Hawks, 132. The Mavericks, 130. I got a new sound drop, so I'm going to keep doing it because... JaVale McGee. What the hell? McGee, I think, played zero minutes in the first half. He played 23 minutes in the second half, including overtime. Had 11-6 and and a chance to win the game with free throws at the end of regulation. Of course, he missed one of them. They went to overtime and lost. And the Mavericks continue to suck. Their front office is bad. Their coach is bad. And their team, well, I'll say their team construction is bad. That's their front office. You know, you would, you know, when you're hiring the marketing manager from Nike to be your general manager, maybe we could have seen it coming. Kyrie played 44 minutes, 41, 5 and 4, two steals and a block. Luca, 22, 7 and 7. Pretty poor game from Luca standards, to be honest. 44 minutes. This team is bad. And they're going to miss the playoffs. And I don't know what, the, they're going to miss the play in. And I don't know what's going to happen. Tim Hardaway, we talk ad nauseum about Tim Hardaway. Man, he was killing it. He was killing it. He was killing it. But get ready for the shit one. Six points in 18 minutes on 17% with one rebound and nothing else. This is the problem with Tim Hardaway. It's all well and good to stream when it's running hot and then this nonsense happens. 
We only got, um, yeah, only the 18 minutes there. And then out of nowhere, 30 minutes from Christian Wood. Cool. I think he hadn't even got to 30 in the last two games combined. Yeah, 12 minutes in each of them. 18 and 11 with two threes. Okay. And then we got 40 minutes from Josh Green, who had like, well, I think, one point last game. 13, 5, and 4. Jason Kidd is sh- throwing shit at the wall. To him, that probably looks like a mirror. But, you know, nothing's coming of it. It's really hard to understand what's going to happen with Green, Wood, Bullock, McGee, Powell, Hardy, Kleber, Batans, Hardaway, every game. I don't know what that's going to happen. It's going to change all the time. So relying upon any of these guys, like Maxi Kleber, who'd been playing 30 minutes a night, played eight and had two points. Cool. He wasn't minus 20 in those eight minutes, so fair enough. But there's just so much inconsistency with the playing time. And McGee, who just been fiddling with his dick on the bench for basically three quarters of a season, comes out and plays 23 minutes. They're bad, and it is really hard. Like I wouldn't be adding Green, or yeah, you know, I'd be fine dropping Hardaway, but I wouldn't add Green because of this. I wouldn't be looking at McGee as an ad, but who knows? Who knows what happens for the Hawks? Trey Young hits the game winners, twenty-four three and twelve for him. Murray had twenty-five seven and four, and the big fella, the Kerner, Clint Capella. That'll plan. Lisa needs braces. Fourteen and eleven with two steals for Capella. Okongwu continues to play. 20 minutes, but 14, 5, 2 blocks. Like The product, the productivity of Congo has been amazing. Bogdanovich scoring all right, but very limited in other spots. 16, 2, and 2. I still don't think that he's necessarily must roster, but with DeAndre Hunter out, we got 38 depressed penis minutes. Sadiq Bay had 13 and 8 with two steals. He's at least a viable stream in the scenario where Hunter's at. I think Hunter might miss the rest of this week. This is like prime John Collins. 34 minutes, 18 and 10, four triples, two steals. We love that. He hasn't been particularly good, but that is really strong to get back in business there. The LA Lakers and the Houston Rockets is the next game we can take a look at here. The Lakers win this easy, 134-109. D'Angelo Russell was out after halftime, but they said it was precautionary because they were playing the Rockets. So he'll be fine. He was replaced by Dennis Schroeder in the starting lineup, who at one point were obviously not adding him. And basically, just looking at the box score, or what do you take out of it? We got 30 minutes out of Anthony Davis, 49 with two blocks. LeBron had an 18-10-11 triple-double. We also got a very good Rui Hachimura game. 25 minutes, 20 and 12 with three blocks. That is an amazing game from Hachimura. I don't care. I'm not adding him in 10 or 12 or 14 team leagues, but that was good. Reeves also continued to play well, 18, 1 and 8. While Troy Brown was almost out of the rotation last game and then had seven points, two steals and a block in 26 here. But I really don't know how much we take out of this game considering the Russell absence, which wasn't really necessary and the blowout nature of it, the low minutes for LeBron and Davis. It's hard to get too worked up about too many of the things we see there. For the Rockets, KJ Martin copped a hit in the head, but he was fine. 11 and 5 in 28 minutes. And it's just the, the starters playing big minutes. Shengun, 18, 15, 5, two steals, three blocks. Love that. KPJ, 20 and 3 with six triples. Love that. Jalen Green, of course, he shot terribly, but 24, 3 and 7, and 8 of 8 from the line. He's had some nights where he's been brutal from the free throw line, but that was good. Jabari Smith, 14 and 6. Not a, not a bad game for Smitty. And then there's not much else. The only guy we really care about here is Tari Eason, who had 9-8 and eight with a steal on 29%. His field goals have been disgusting. I don't think you need to hold him with the way they're using him, with the way he's playing. Um, just not good enough. So we move on if you do, or if you are, uh, still holding on to Tari. Tank season. The Phoenix Suns get the win over the Thunder, 128-118. Durant, after that rusty first game back, he's been great the next two. 35-5-5 and five with two blocks. Booker, 22-5-10. and 10. 19 and 11 with nothing else for Aiton and Chris Paul had 16, 3 and 8. And that's really where it ends for this team. Campaign was limping around a bit. He only played nine minutes, so watch that one. Akogi played good minutes, but 
this is more realistic of an expectation for a Kogi. 4-3-2 and two with a block. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy, nor is Tory Craig. Obviously not his Biombo or Wainwright or Warren or any of those guys. We did see Landry Shamit get some minutes with Payne hobbling. He played uh, 12 minutes for seven points, but we don't really care. For the Thunder, Shea banged his knee. He played through it. He was limping around a bit. He says he's fine, but let's watch that one. 39-3-5 with two steals. He was 17 of 17 from the line, which is crazy. While Pig Williams... Vietnamese legend had seven and eight in 20 minutes and the Bronco 12, three and two with three steals. An off night for uh, J-Dub with his um, with his shooting. Broncos country, let's ride. Midwest, Dylan Brooks had 14 points on 29% shooting with two threes and two assists. Just continues to be one of the worst offensive players in the NBA, Lou Dort. Nice points league guy, struggles to be a category league player. Well, they went back to Dario Saric here. I thought he played okay, 14 points in his, um, sorry, eight points in his 14 minutes. Well, Isaiah Joe played 22 minutes and didn't deliver what we needed. Seven points with a triple there. Giddy was all right, 16, nine and eight, but nothing particularly interesting, I don't think, to write home about. Aaron Wiggins was all right, I thought. 14 points in 22, but nothing that I think we need to look at and go, well, yeah, you've got to make sure you go grab uh, Wiggo or anything like that. All right, we're getting through them. The next one. Big game, this one. The Sixers fall to the Bucks 117-104. As usual, not a Dr. Rivers made some questionable coaching decisions at times. Let's talk about the good, though. Tyrese Maxey, 29.6 triples, continuing to shoot really, really well at the moment. He was 86% on his threes. Jesus Christ. Well, Embiid had 28, 9, and 5, but played only 32 minutes. Doc did pull the starters a little bit early here. Jimmy Harden, I thought, was pretty poor. 11, 2, and 6, while Toby Harris returned and didn't do much. 6, 3, and 3 with two blocks. Harris has fallen off after a hot start to the season. Not as much as I expected, but he has fallen off. I thought Paul Reed continues to be impactful and it continues to baffle me when Doc doesn't play him. He played 13 minutes here, 8 and 10, but they went for a stretch without Embiid or Reed on the court and they got cooked in that time. Just bad coaching. The conundrum with DeAnthony Melton returned. Three points in 22 minutes. What do you do? If someone sits out, he's great. Sometimes when everyone plays, he's great. Sometimes if someone sits out, he's bad. He's actually 164th over the last week. He's 97th over the season. I think you want to hold him, but I also get it if you don't. Because when they're healthy, there's more of a risk of stinkers than there is of big games. And we're at a stage where we're not holding for, well, what if happens to two to two weeks' time or someone gets hurt down the stretch? You're trying to get shit in now. And I think every game that he plays, the, if we're going to say he's going to be a big one or a small one, the likelihood would tilt towards being a small one on each night, which is not a particularly yeah, encouraging situation. Not much else going on there with that game. Daniel House had 10 points in nine minutes for some reason. For the Bucks, Yanni was in a little bit of a uh, bit of foul trouble. Giannis, and of course, he was shit from the line. He was 7 of 13, but 13, 14, and 6. A steal, 3 blocks, 77 from the line is amazing. Holiday had 18, 3, and 3 with 4 steals. Punchbob played 28 minutes. Interesting. Punchbob played 28 minutes. They, they took Connaughton out of the rotation, and that is helping Portis' minutes. Because Connaughton was getting his 21-22, and now he's not. So there's a lot more minutes here for Crowder and Portis to play there. Crowder, actually only, well, he was shocking, zero points in 17 minutes. Um, but it gave more for Portis, 18 and 5 with a steal and a block. And Portis had been sort of phased into an 18-minute role. But the absence of Connaughton helps. Lopez, 21 and 6. Middleton, 19, 3 and 9. That's sort of just doing what they do. And there's not much else there. Javon Carter chipped in with six assists. Grayson Allen sprained his ankle. He played only 20 minutes, two and five. Obviously, he's been an interesting threes and steel stream, but we go ahead and drop. We don't know if he's going to play, but there's no real value in holding on to a Grayson Allen in uh, in this type of scenario. All right, we'll do the next one. It is the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs have just one more... um, 
one more win that they need or a Knicks loss, and then, then they can secure home court in the in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think they'll be able to do that. They play the Magic on the next game. Uh, 115 Cleveland here, 105 Indiana. Of course, Miles Turner was out, as was Halliburton. They keep listing Turner questionable, and I keep telling you he's not going to play, and they keep frustrating me, going, well, maybe, well, maybe. But what they are doing is rotating starting centers. Today, it was Isaiah Jackson's turn. Now, that is the case until it isn't, and we'll see if that isn't anyway. But it doesn't actually matter, I don't think, because... Coming off the bench, Sticks was still pretty good. Stand by your man. 27 minutes, 12 and 8 with two blocks. Jackson had his two blocks, but only three points and two rebounds there. He had some foul troubles that helped Smith. I think both Jackson and Smith are 12-team worthy guys. Matherin had 19 and 9 with two blocks. He's getting a ton of usage here with these players out. While Buddy Heald's minutes keep coming down. He's playing every game because he's so cool. He has to play every game. But 10 points in 23 minutes with two steals for Heald. Uh, Nwora is a 12-teamer, 15 and 10 with two threes. Neesmith oscillates. Not a bad game, 14 and 6 with three threes, but you know, three of six on the line hurts. And he's just too inconsistent for me to rely upon. I'd much rather try Nwora than Neesmith. While McConnell played 30 minutes last game and played 19 here. Now, you wouldn't know it from the line. 16, 2 and 5 is great. And he is still streamable, as is Nempard, who had 13, 2 and 8 with three steals. I think this will be basically their guys they use every game here. Don't expect Turner, Duarte, or Halliburton to return. Um, and you might get some shenanigans with starting with Smith and Jackson, but I think this is basically what they're going to run with um, with similar sort of minutes as we move forward. For the Cavs, Don Mitchell played 40 minutes. That seems like a lot, but he got it done because he is, as they would say, good. He's done. He's good. 40 and 6 with three steals while Mobley, the old koala, Eucalyptus Ev, 14 and 16, four assists and four blocks, continues to look great. Jarrett Allen returned. He played just 27 minutes. 15 and 7, I wouldn't be too worried there. While Garland had 20 points, 6 assists and 2 steals. They made a change to the starting lineup, but it didn't change much because um, Dracaris Levert moved to the bench. Dracaris. But still played 33 minutes. 15 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists and 3 blocks. Wow, that is a surprise to be sure. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. With him starting, or sorry, moving to the bench, Okoro was out. They moved Dean Wade into the starting lineup. He had 5-5 five and five in 27 minutes waiting. We don't have to worry too much about that. But guys like Osman, Osman, why did I say it that way? Osman played 9 minutes, Stevens played 12, and Okoro is probably going to step back in, you would think. But they have such little fantasy relevance that it doesn't really matter very much at all. Just an interesting change that didn't actually impact Levert at all. And it was solid enough. He's at least a points league guy in 12s. And in category leagues, he's borderline, but you have to know that there's going to be inconsistency and there's going to be issues that he provides pretty regularly. All right, let's do the last one. The Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets win without Jokic, 112-110. On the Warriors side of things, they made a change to the starting lineup. John Kaminga moved back to the bench and Kevon Looney started and provided an excellent source of rebounds, as he does so often. Six points, 14 boards, a steal and a block. Clay had 25, 5 and 4. Steph, though, not as good. 21 points, 29% shooting, two blocks, four assists. Not a great game from Steph, um, but it was a great game from the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, who'd been hovering around the 23-minute mark for about a week or two. And then he dropped in 18, 13, and four with two steals on 67% shooting. And I just go, okay, cool. How am I supposed to know that? They went to only 20 minutes of Jordan Poole, who had foul trouble. That helped DiVincenzo. Poole had 17, 2, and 3 on 54%, but four fouls. But I wouldn't run to this and go, oh, look at Dante. That's great. I'm going to go re-add him. We did have um, Draymond have 4, 9, and 7, which is okay. And Kaminga, if he's back on the bench, we drop him. Nine points, two steals, one rebound. He's a good field goal percentage option. He had 60% here, but not much more than that. Gaz Payton, only 11 minutes for the doctor. 
For the Nuggets, no Jokic. They started Jeff Green at center. 26 minutes, 10, 4, and 3, because they don't trust Tom Bryant because he's bad. They don't trust DeAndre Jordan because he is also bad. So you know who they ran like as a small ball center? Peyton Watson. You know who that is? First round pick who averaged three points per game for UCLA last season. This is two big games in a row from Peyton Watson. Eight and five with three blocks. I would suggest that he has probably found himself a rotation role here. He's been awesome. Same with Christian Brown, who had six and five with two steals. Now, they don't stand out as big fantasy guys, but the way they played in this one, I thought it was impressive. It was super impressive. Without Jokic, there's a little bit of something there with Watson. That's an interesting dynasty uh, dynasty guy. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, 41 minutes, 26, three and eight, two steals, two blocks, while Maga Porter Jr. had 29, 11 with four threes. Both of these blokes stepping up big time with Jokic out. While the Shark had 14 and four with two steals and a block. That is, of course, Bruce Brown. Baby Shark not a bad game from Aaron Gordon, if you ignore the percentages. 13, 10, and 7 with two steals, but 33 from the field and one of two from the line hurts. He's actually been pretty bad for fantasy recently, outside the top 120 now on the season, outside the top 200 over the last week. I think we still hold him. While KCP struggled, he got three steals. That's great. But 21 minutes, he had an ankle problem. He did return to the game. Three points in 21 minutes with three steals. Um, he, he's also really struggling. If you are still looking for points, also for threes and steals, he's going to be an option, but... Yeah, we've had a really poor run from KCP. And with the way that Christian Brown is playing, or even Peyton Watson, who's more of a big though, um, there is an impact on KCP's upside. I think he's still okay as a hold, but I wouldn't... Him and Aaron Gordon, or even Bruce Brown, if the schedule doesn't make sense for him, and they're sitting on your bench, they're not going, well, I must absolutely hold on to this guy. I don't think they're that level of guy, especially with how they've been playing. Although, you know, Bruce Brown was good today. The lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night goes to Pascal Siakam. Your waiver wire is Sfima Hiluk. The young gun is Alperen Sengun. And the dud of the night, of course it is. It's Tim Hardaway Jr. Your top 10 players in category leagues for today. Number one is Siakam, followed by Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Zach Levine, Fred Van Vliet, Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Jamal Murray, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one was Sfima Hiluk. I think that's an ad. DiVincenzo, not interested really. Jalen Suggs, look great. But I don't feel like I can 100% trust that. Maybe we add, maybe we don't. Dominic Barlow, yeah, no. Nah. Julian Champagne, no. Nah. Like, I don't trust it at all. They will have games where they pop off and games where they do nothing. So I don't really think they're worth it. Obi Toppin was good today. I think that's more a, um, a factor of RJ Barrett being out versus Randall. So be cautious. Rui Hachimura, that was a weird game. Doug McDermott, absolutely not. Kobe White, yes. And Corey Kispert, yes. They are 12-team options, I think. Your top 10 players... In your points leagues today, number one was Giannis, followed by Van Vliet, Irving, Siakam, Anthony Davis, Shingun, Levine, Gildas Alexander, Don Mitchell, and Kevin Durant. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, you thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.